be informed, be aware, be prepared, and be safe. Know more about sexual harassment in the cyberspace. Brought to you by the University of the Philippines Open University's Office of Gender Concerns, the God Talk podcast series will provide a space and opportunity for all genders to openly discuss sexual harassment that happens in the cyberspace. Hello listeners, welcome to the third episode of the God Talk podcast titled Hashtag Speak Yourself, Protecting Oneself Against Online Sexual Harassment, God Talk saying Just because sexual harassment happens in cyberspace doesn't make it any less real and harmful. The GAD Talk is brought to you by the UP Open University Office of Gender Concerns in cooperation with the Diploma in or Master of Social Work and Diploma in Women in Development programs of the Faculty of Management and Development Studies of UP Open University. The GAD Talk is part of our anti-sexual harassment campaign And it provides a space and opportunity, not just for women, but the other gender as well, to openly discuss sexual harassment that happens in the cyberspace. We hope that through this podcast, we'll be able to mainstream gender and contribute in the prevention of sexual harassment in the virtual space. So for this episode, we have invited Miss Mel Reyes to shed some light on this topic. Ms. Melanie Reyes is a lecturer at the Faculty of Management and Development Studies and the GAD Program Head of the Women and Gender Institute. Thank you, Ma'am Mel, for joining us in this episode. Hello, everyone. It is my pleasure to join you today in this GAD Talk series. Thank you, UP Open University, Office of Gender Concerns, for this invitation. For this episode, we'll talk about how can we protect ourselves against online sexual harassment. So for my first question, Ma'am Mel, if you feel that you are being harassed online, what is the first thing that you should do? If you feel that you are being harassed online, do not question yourself about it. If you are uncomfortable about the online message or the photos you receive, or whatever gesture you receive that are unwanted and made, made you uncomfortable, then, then that in itself is online harassment. Do not try to argue with yourself or justify the action of the perpetrator and blame yourself for it. That is the number one rule. Do not blame yourself. Second is that as much as it is very offensive on your part, do not delete anything. As much as possible, try to do a screenshot and save it in your folder because the aggressor might delete it immediately. And when you decide to report it, messages might no longer be there. So it's a good way to save the evidence. Third is to report to authorities or in the case of social network or, e- or email, report to the online administrator and request that the account be blocked. You can also report it to the NBI or PNP as under the Cybercrime Prevention Act. They should have a cybercrime unit or center that handles these online harassment cases. Or if it is happening within the realm of an online school setup, you can report to the school administrator because under the Safe Spaces Act, educational institutions shall designate an officer in charge to receive these kinds of complaints. 
You may also need to talk to your parents, friends, or someone you trust because online harassment can have serious psychological effect to many and therefore we need as much psychosocial support as we can get. Thank you for clarifying that, Mom Mel. So listeners, take note, if you feel uncomfortable in any of your online interactions, do not blame yourself. And if online harassment happens to you, make sure to keep a record of the messages or online exchanges you had with that person. And of course, do not be intimidated and report that online harassment to the authorities. If his or her girlfriend or boyfriend harassed him or her, example, asking you to send nude photos. If your intimate partner or your special someone or your boyfriend or girlfriend asks you to send your nude photos, don't think twice. Break up with that person. Relationship does not solely rely on physical connection, but other aspects of self as well. Love is not ill-mannered or selfish. Physical and or emotional abuses are not part of love. Love is about caring for someone. If your partner asks you to do this kind of stuff just to prove your love for that person, like asking you to send nude photos or asking you to video record your intimate moments together, like while having sex for instance, or to show your private parts during a video call, those are not acts of love. When you love another person, you don't ask them to sacrifice a part of themselves in the name of that love much more to do something that is against your will. Sex is not love. Love is not sex. It is indeed a factor in a romantic love, but it is not mandatory. Romantic love may fade especially when somebody falls out of love with you. It does not reflect upon your value as a person or your desirability. True love is where you feel secured and that you are being cared for. So in cases like this, break up and move on. Thank you very much, Mom Mel, for that wise advice. I totally agree with you. If a person truly loves you, he or she would never put you in a position where your life would be permanently in danger. So remember, love is all about respect and security. For our next question, what should be done if intimate or private photos of a friend circulate online? We have the Anti-Photo and Video Voyeurism Act that prohibits uh, acts such as taking of a photo or video of a person or group of persons engaged in a sexual act or any similar activity or capturing an image of the private area of a person. Copying or reproduction of such photo or video recording of the sexual act and the selling or distribution of such photo or video recording and the publication or Broadcasting, whether in print or broadcast media or showing such sexual act or any similar activity no, through the internet, cellular phones, and other similar means or devices without the written consent of the person's feature. But even if there was consent to taking off the photo or the recording, for instance, if there is no consent to the sharing or, ex- or exhibition, then the offending party would still be liable. So when asked what do we do if intimate or private photos of a friend circulate online don't share it if you are a true friend or even if the one in the photo is a stranger now do not post or share it with others i always believe that we follow this basic principle of not doing to others what we do not want others to do unto us i think we just follow that principle then we will not be confronted with these human rights violations or gender-based discrimination and exploitation 
We also need to remember that once an image is shared, it can easily be copied and saved by others and shared simultaneously by multiple people. So imagine the number of times your friend or that stranger will be exploited and humiliated by others. Can be actually be enough to kill her. It is actually a form of torture and killing the person multiple times. So if you find your friend's nude photo online, you can talk with her and ask her if she needs anything. Almost every police station has an anti-cybercrime division desk where you can bring your friend to ask for help. Going back to my point earlier, you need to gather the evidence for this before you report. Do not try to converse anymore with the aggressor because there's a possibility that he or she can counter sue because there's a lot of reasons to deny that this someone is the source of that nude photos. Thank you so much for that clear explanation, Mamel. So, listeners, let us remember that we shouldn't share intimate or private photos to anyone. We have the Anti-Photo and Video Voyeurism Act of 2009, which prohibits acts such as sharing or publishing of sexual acts or capturing an image of the private area of a person, whether in print or broadcast media, without the consent of the person featured. For our next question, what should be done if a colleague harasses you through social media? Personally, if a colleague harasses me through social media, my first action is to unfriend or block that person. It is common for many to defend oneself when we are being attacked, but let us not go to their level. Retaliation and good behavior are exactly what they want. They are provoking us. If we stoop to their level, then that means they have the power over us. Others are saying that we need to engage with the aggressor with positivity by being constructive rather than destructive. But for me, I don't want to be surrounded with negative people. So unfriending them or blocking them is the best option for me. Of course, it's a different matter altogether. If the bullying entails a serious case like spreading photos or sex videos, etc. That one we need to act on by, by again reporting to the authorities and taking legal action. I agree with you, Mamel. There are so many hate messages and posts circulating online. And sometimes these messages even come from our colleagues. So write on, listeners. What do we do? Let us unfriend them and do not stoop to their levels. For the next question, what should I do if a co-employee is being sexually harassed online? Under our Safe Spaces Act, employers have the duty to prevent, deter, or punish gender-based sexual harassment in the workplace. Employers are required to establish a Committee on Decorum and Investigation, or CODI, or an independent mechanism that will investigate and address complaints of gender-based sexual harassment and set administrative penalties. Many have it already, but it should be updated to include provisions in the Safe Spaces Act, which include peer-to-peer harassment. There should also be a code of conduct or workplace policy that reiterates the prohibition against gender-based sexual harassment and provide all measures to prevent this from happening, including information dissemination about anti-sexual harassment, among others. So if you know a co-employee who is being sexually harassed online, you have to report it to your code or whatever mechanism you have that address complaints of gender-based sexual violence. It is also important that you talk with your co-employee to check her situation and provide emotional and social support. 
at times victims of gender-based sexual harassment blame themselves for what happened to them so we need to provide our emotional and social support and explicitly say that they are not at fault thank you ma'am mel for that informative explanation so listeners i hope that it is clear if our co-employee is being sexually harassed something must be done about it Our organizations or employers are mandated to do something about it by establishing a committee on decorum and investigation or CODI or any independent mechanism that will investigate gender-based sexual harassment and that will set administrative penalties. For our next question, what will you do when someone creates an account with your name and pictures without your consent with the intent to defraud, intimidate, and threaten other people? If someone creates an account with your name and pictures without your consent, report it immediately to the social media or online administrator for it to be removed. But more importantly, inform your friends and networks immediately. This is to protect them also from possible scam or fraud. Thank you, Ma'am Mel, for that practical advice. Sometimes this is so basic that when confronted with this situation, we do not know what to do anymore. So listeners, let us take note that if we encounter this, the first thing that we need to do is to report and inform our loved ones to avoid scam and fraud. For our next question, what should one do if he or she is being cyber-stalked? In this online realm, where we can find ourselves in different situations, it is crucial that we follow these two steps, which I have been mentioning earlier as well. These are block and report. You can block this person, report to the platform involved, or even report to the police or authority. But even before you are caught in that kind of situation, you may want to be preventive rather than reactive. Meaning, let us try to reduce the amount of information we put online and avoid putting sensitive information. Again, thank you, Mamel. So listeners, let us be proactive and reduce the amount of information we post online, especially sensitive information. Many of us are guilty of just posting everything that we do in our social media account. And if we post too much information online, we are making ourselves vulnerable to cyberstalking. For our next question, what if a student is caught selling oneself in exchange for higher grades in school? This is something that we should also be cautious. The question on what if a student is caught selling oneself in exchange for higher grades in school is leaning towards victim blaming approach. We are already assuming that the student is at fault even without undergoing proper investigation. We need to offer a space for the student to discuss about this and how the school can help. Is it really in exchange for higher grades? What is the context of the scenario? And we should also remember that under the anti-sexual harassment law, even if it is instigated, the teacher as having the moral ascendancy will be made accountable. Thank you, Ma'am Mel, for sadly countering my question. I appreciate your point that with the question I asked, there is already an assumption that the student is at fault, even without undergoing proper investigation. So listeners, let us remember to offer space for students to explain themselves in order to understand the context. For a second to the last question, what advice can you give to all our listeners to prevent online sexual harassment? 
we need to protect ourselves against online sexual harassment. Yes, it is undeniably true that the internet plays a big role in our lives today, but along these opportunities are the increasing incidences of online violence, where common victims are women and children. I guess some tips that I can share with you, which many of the women's groups working on gender and ICT are also pushing, are the following. 1. Keep personal information private. This information includes your full name, birthday, address, phone numbers, etc. Do not publicly post this personal information. This will protect you from hackers, stalkers, harassers, etc. 2. Keep your privacy settings on. This option is available in many websites or social media apps like Facebook. Make sure that your private settings is on and that only your friends can access your posts, especially your photos. 3. Choose strong passwords and use separate usernames for different platforms. This will make it difficult for people to track your movements across multiple sites. You can also create separate email accounts for separate purposes, like you have a different emails when you communicate with friends, different email when you have your consultancy or job, another email for your social media account, etc. 4. Practice safe browsing and be careful on what you download. There are suspicious malware or programs that steal our information once we download those sites. So we need to be careful on what to open, especially those that are keep, that are keep popping in the website while we're surfing the net. 5. Make sure your internet connection is secure. Try not to connect in public Wi-Fi as we do not have a control of their internet security. There might be someone who is monitoring and accessing our data while we are connected in that public Wi-Fi. 6. Hide your IP address. Many apps that we are using reveal our IP address and this is very much related to our personal data. We can use a virtual private network where we can hide our real IP address and replace it with a location of our choice. 7. Be careful what you post. There is no delete key in the internet. All our comments or images that we post online will remain or stay online forever. Even if you remove the messages or images, you will never know how many people have sent it, downloaded it, and saved it, which they can use against you in the future. 8. Be careful who you meet online. We need to be cautious to the people we meet online, as we do not really know anything about them. This is why we often hear cases like rape, or date rape, or murder committed by someone they just met online. 9. We need to learn how to block. And if we feel uncomfortable even with some of our friends or those we know in social media networks, the best option is to block them. 10. Report and always tell someone you know and trust. Whenever you find yourselves being violated online, you really need to tell this to someone you know and trust. It could be your parents, your close friends, or someone you really trust and who can help you overcome what you are undergoing. Thank you very much, Mamel, for sharing those very practical tips on how to prevent online sexual harassment. Let's now proceed with our last question. To those who have experienced or are experiencing online sexual harassment, what steps should be taken to reduce, if not eliminate, emotional and mental trauma caused by the incident? 
Recovery from emotional and mental trauma caused by the incident of online sexual harassment is an individual process. It depends on the individual's ability to heal from the trauma. But the first step in this process is to establish the feelings of safety and stability of the individual. We need to assure them that they are in a safe and secure place with people they can truly trust and rely on. They may also need to undergo psychosocial counseling to help them overcome this trauma. We should also be reminded that therapy is not about relieving the trauma but trying to focus on reclaiming the sense of self. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ms. Mel, for sharing your knowledge and tips on how we can protect ourselves against online sexual harassment, even such scenarios. We really learned a lot. And thank you, listeners, for joining us again and tuning in to the third episode of CAD Talk. I would like to express my appreciation to all our listeners for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to the podcast. I hope that we can apply our speakers' advices and tips on how we are going to safeguard ourselves if we experience sexual harassment in the cyberspace. So that's it for now. Don't forget to check our website, ogc.upou.edu.ph, for the next topic and schedule of TED Talk. Thank you very much. Be informed, be aware, be prepared, and be safe. Know more about sexual harassment in the cyberspace. Brought to you by the University of the Philippines Open University's Office of Gender Concerns, the God Talk podcast series will provide a space and opportunity for all genders to openly discuss sexual harassment that happens in the cyberspace.